All right, so you know, I got ready as best as I could for surgery. Um, just taking care of some odds and ends, making sure. I mean, even like, like I said, you know, right before surgery, I'm going to get some time in, some me time, just to free my brain, clear my mind, get anything off the plate, out of the whatever, you know. Get it all out. Get it all out in the open. I'm not going in with any bad juju, no negative energy from people, no shenanigans, no body flying on any brooms. <laughs> My pretty, I get you and your little truth too. <laughs> I know, VIPers, Elmo, and I do the Wicked Witch, uh, Wizard of Oz. 2021 i have someone you can cast i got a perfect person for that role or the exorcist i could replace that girl i got somebody else who could spin their head 50 times i know not once but 50 and i mean all the way around <laughs> i'm gonna go in surgery i told myself you know what i'm gonna go in surgery and i need to put the fear aside i've been having some fear about anesthesia <laughs> by a mistake, like I said, I found the issues and with claims and being billed three times for anesthesia because I had issues where I was waking up during surgery. Um, got a little bit of a little, you know, I'm a little on the edge. I've been taking, you know, and every, basically everything I was instructed to do. Um, took all my antibiotics, took all my, I'm done with the immunity drugs and that. Um, my body's ready. I, I feel I'm a mentally 100% focused. I'm a 100% ready. And when I say that, that means, you know, I got my little, you know, cleansing ceremonial thing I always do, which I've been doing before surgery. I know this one's going to really count. This one's going to be the big one because it's going to really count because it's a multi-surgery. And uh, it's not just doing one thing, but having multiple surgeon specialists and just trying to do everything once. So I don't have to keep going under anesthesia because you keep going under anesthesia, as most people know, um, that gets to be dangerous. And uh, when you already have a compromised immune system, you know, it's, it's, and then you have problems like I have with my lungs, it gets a little, you know, I'm a little uneasy. I really am. But um, I don't feel like I can get any more prepared than what I have. And uh, I have cleared my mind. I freed my mind. I freed myself and uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. VIP podcast. I'm going to have Jen. She's going to be keeping up with everyone on the VIP podcast. She's going to be doing a couple of VIP podcasts just to keep everybody informed how I'm doing. Um, crossing my fingers. Everything is a-okay. Um, I know I was told I'm going to go in one person. I'm going to come out a different person. And um, I think when you go through organs that start failing you and you start losing organs and you have to... Uh, start having you know um it's just just say you start losing part of your internal self you're losing your whole self and uh that's definitely going to change you you don't come out the same person i don't expect to be coming out the same person i was forewarned though by the surgeons um this has got to be just as grueling you're going into a grueling surgery you know another step it's not going to be easy i don't expect it to be i expect the pain to be every bit as atrocious as i was forewarned it would be i'm prepared i really am and uh man i'll just be glad to be on the other side
will I have to go into another surgery? I don't know because I just look at it this way. I've been through surgeries where we've well prepared. We sat there in the surgical room and went on that dry erase board, surgeons you know I'm talking about, and explained to me, okay, this is what we're gonna do, this is what we're gonna do, this is what we're gonna do. And then you get in and it's like completely, like everything's just completely off the slate because then all of a sudden they open you up and they see things and you know, start making those cuts and it's not what they initially thought, you know, and prepared for. So we're prepared for anything and um, good to have good surgical hands in that and uh, I'm just ready to get this over. I'm so ready to get this over. I really am. I had some things I just needed. I felt like I needed to cleanse um, part of my soul. I needed to really like make some closure and to just, you know, finish those ties that needed to be just, you know, move on, move on from people that's just, it's, you know, never going to be the same. And, uh, I definitely, as I said, I have taken the emotional side and literally looking at things logically. And I have for a while, if you're able to do that, you're able to make, and I'll say this again, some of the smartest decisions you'll ever make in your life, period. And, uh, I just looked at it this way. Um, if people find excuses, why they're not present. I look at the worst time I've ever had and I don't think I'll ever be able to, I don't think anything will ever trump going through oncology treatments. Um, especially when they're advanced and they're fast track, meaning like a normal, um, scheduled drugs for chemo radiation that people go through when you're fast track, it's because in my situation, which is the truth, I had a major blood vessel that was wrapped around the largest tumor and it was starting to, uh, it was getting ready to burst and it would have killed me. I wouldn't have made it to the hospital. So it was a matter of life or death and to get in and try to go through this everything, max everything out to try to shrink the largest tumor. And the oncology team did what they could. We were able to shrink it, but it grew, it started growing back. So we knew it was unsuccessful. But when I went through that, I literally last two rounds and going to the hospital. I remember calling and I was, for those that, you know, you know the story. I ended up calling the day before. I talked to some, two of my oncology team nurses. I said, listen, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. And they're like, why? I said, because I'm so sick. I mean, I was so sick. And uh, I didn't really have anybody. Eric was there, but I've learned and now I know why. I just felt like he wasn't there because he wasn't. Um, he was present, but he wasn't helping. And I took care of myself the majority of the time after oncology treatments, he did about 5%, which was like odds and ends around the house. But as far as like taking care of me and being there for me, he was not. And, uh, he can't deny that. And he said he never will. And, uh, I realized I was on my own. I had nobody else there. Nobody. The people that should have been there handed me nothing but excuses for many years. And, uh, that was blogged, the original blog. It's still there. And uh, the people that used excuses that they weren't there literally were telling everybody I was going through. And they were reading it. But in their mind to make themselves feel okay. I guess to appease themselves, but you're not appeasing yourself. You're just using excuses. That skeleton's still there. You haven't got rid of it out of your closet yet. And that's acceptance of treating somebody really horribly and not being there of any type of support. I had one individual literally tell me, if you would have asked me to be there, I would have been there for you during your oncology treatments. And I told them I literally came out every treatment and I walked out 
and everybody else had people there for them family friends loved ones and I had no one no one no one showed up and they knew where I was at they knew where I'm going don't ever have people tell you that they did not because that is a farce hand on my own life that is a lie they knew exactly where I was at the original blog showed it everybody knew where I was at and nobody showed up Eric was doing things that he should have been doing um, while I was enduring oncology treatments, um, I, like I said, I don't have any forgiveness in my heart for it. I don't think I ever will. I can move past it, but I don't forgive it. It's not okay. But the people who should have really been there weren't even there. I got to watch everybody else, you know? And this is the truth, because I want this to be known, because it's the truth. I'm walking into this, this next part of surgery I didn't ask for, because I never asked to be sick. I never asked to be a sick baby. Let's just face it, I never asked to be born. People make that decision for you. I'm not saying anything about it, but I'm just saying I didn't ask for the cards that were dealt, but I played them damn well, didn't I? Yeah, you, I played them better than you ever thought. The deck never folded on me because I'm still alive, period. I have the strength, like I said, I don't know anyone stronger than me at this point. I've endured a lot and I'm still standing and I'm still going to fight my ass off. But I've also realized I have to clear people out of my life permanently. Because thinking of logic, and I should have thought about it a long time ago, is you don't keep giving people chance after chance after chance. If they can't be there for you unconditionally, love you unconditionally, support you unconditionally, then they need to never be in your life unconditionally for the rest of your life, period. You gracefully bow out, wish them well, and you move the hell on period and I've done that I've been able to get the last closure I needed to today and uh, get ready to send something out in the mail because I felt like I needed it but uh, I'll remember what I remember when I go into surgeries is all of the disappointment I've had from people and uh, same individuals I remember that before I go into surgery when they take me back and they get me strapped on and they get ready you know what I'm talking about they take you from one bed and you get on the other the surgical bed and then they strap you in like you know that that more makes me more nervous than anything i feel like i start getting like claustrophobic they strap you in just it's for your own protection and then they try to give you something to like last time they tried to give me something to like make me at ease in that and the worst thing in the world is i knew i was gonna run in trouble because i was thinking oh my gosh i'm still coherent i could still talk when they ask me questions i could tell you everything around the room surgical things i saw which i did not want to see um so I kind of figure, I'm kind of surprised or not surprised at having to keep redoing the anesthesia and pumping it into my system so I quit waking up. But, uh, oh, you know, I remember, one thing I remember when I go into surgery, and I'll take this with me, is I remember the people that weren't there. And I ask God to maybe one day that they seek within them souls themselves to change because it wasn't good. And, uh, mm. but I also remember in place of walking into oncology treatments every morning and fast track and seeing the same faces and you have your own oncology team, you know, your team of 10 I had as I walked in and I walked out and I was always hopeful somebody would show up. Eric drove me, but Eric did things. I found out so literally let's face it like I said he was nothing but a mere piece of furniture he was present but he emotionally was not there um, not at all I took care of myself period but the people that should have been there weren't and every time I went in and I walked out they were never there 
I've never been so disappointed in my entire life. And I'll never be disappointed again because I'll never the hell let somebody or anybody in those groups of individuals never disappoint me for the rest of my life because they will never have a chance because I have removed myself permanently and moved on. And I have no emotional ties anymore. I think logically and logically thinking, intellectually thinking, would you ever want somebody to treat you like that at the worst point in your life during treatments? No. So don't give them another chance, period. But I remember every time before they take me back, I would look to see and the people that should have been there weren't. Just Eric, that's it. Piece of furniture, Eric, because he did things, you know, while I was going through treatments. And when I was back there, and people who've gone through oncology treatments, you know, I'm talking about the hardcore stuff, folks. You know what I'm talking about, you know. They give you a chance to kind of just collect your thoughts, you know, because, you know, you feel pretty, uh, and they want you to just kind of make sure you collect your thoughts and you don't pass out when you walk out of the treatment or the hospital or oncology center or cancer center institute, wherever you're seeking treatment. You know what I'm talking about? They have rooms and areas for you to just relax and kind of just collect your thoughts and just, you know, take a five minute, 10, 15 minute timeout before you leave. And uh, every time when they asked me, do you need one of the rooms? I looked around and I saw patients who had their family and friends and loved ones with them. I said, no, go ahead and give it to somebody else who needs the room, I'll be okay. I walked out sick as hell. Three times I remember just throwing up, absolutely horrid, in the bathroom, in the hospital on the way out. And Eric would always say, well, why didn't you just get one of the rooms they offered you? I never would explain it. I explained it. I explained it. I said, why would I give up? Why would somebody else, why, why would I take a room for somebody else that they can use to bring in their loved ones that are there for them? I feel strong enough and have the strength. I'm going to endure this on my own. I'll get through it. But maybe some other people you know, they have that support and the strength and it's like food for the soul when you go through oncology treatments. And uh, it was the most selfless thing I've ever done in my life. And when I ever get to the point where I feel like, I feel like, I don't know what, you know, I'm damn proud of myself, period. I endured a hell of a lot. And I did it solo. A lot of times I did it solo. Sometimes you have to look and think, you know what, God, this wasn't fair. It's not right. It was never fair. But just take something that you're going through and make yourself and your soul feel good and do something good for somebody else. And that's the only way, really, to be honest, I could get through each treatment without emotionally getting so upset because the faces that should have been there when I walked out never showed up. And all I heard was excuses over the years. And the person who told me that you would be there, you would have been there if I let you know, you did everything in your power not to be there. I think you just forgot but sometimes when we make up excuses for our behavior, we have to remember the same lies and excuses. Because when you forget, you may do a slip up. It allows the person on receiving end to figure out the truth, which are facts. So I got some things in the post office I need to drop off. Before I end this podcast and... Um, I'm going to make sure Jen keeps up with everybody. Jen and Cody's taking over until I take back over. And, um, you know, 
when I can, I can. I just told everybody, don't give me self or anything when I'm tanked. <laughs> oh, coming off anesthesia, because anesthesia lasts so long for me. I feel like I'm wearing that sucker out. Like, it takes forever, and I think it's because it gave me so much of it last time. I felt like I was on anesthesia for a week. <laughs> now I know why. But uh, I had some things I just needed to mail out, you know, because um, I'm a changed woman, forever changed, and I'm not resorting back. And uh, I'm not thinking with my heart anymore when I've been hurt. I think logically. June 8th, 2021. Thank you for acknowledging that verbal assault when I'm just holding a normal conversation is not okay by any means. I have respectfully moved on. I have decided for myself for a while now that I will no longer surround myself with anyone who does not support me, love me unconditionally. That includes anyone from the past that made a conscious decision to not be of support when it was needed the most. That includes anyone that was not present during the biggest struggle of my life during oncology treatments and follow-up treatments. There is no excuse for anyone.